you're not far away, and oftentimes Sunday is simply uh, a part of that is us reminding ourselves that you're not far away, that you're close. And so we pray that your presence would be with us, uh, a presence of God through your Holy Spirit, that you would be um, here with us, speaking to us, uh, encouraging us. And so we lift up this, the, the rest of our, our service today, Lord, and um, we ask that you would be glorified, that you would be uh, worshipped, and you'd be blessed by that, and also, Lord, that you would speak to us and build us up. So we love you, and we pray everything in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we've been going through the book of Genesis, we've kind of come to this portion where we've been talking a lot about uh, Babylon. Now, Babylon is, is like the, um, it was a place then. It had a ruler. It had, uh, uh, it was a problem in the world. But it, it, is, it is a place now. Um, there's a power behind it now. And it's a problem that we're still uh, navigating and dealing with in our world. And um, I know that there has been, because I get to hear it. That's one of the reasons we're going to do what we're doing today is I get the honor of hearing about what God is doing in people's lives. Um, just in case you don't know, God is doing rad things, radical things, if you want to use the whole term, uh, rad for short. Um, he's doing amazing things in people's lives. And um, when you're going through a tough season, it's hard to remember that God is doing cool things. Uh, and when God is doing stuff in your life, oftentimes it's hard to put words to it until you hear someone else say something and you're like, dude, yes, me too. And so I've been having a lot of conversations with people specifically around some of this talk of Abram and being called out from a place of of past living and walking by faith and, and what it looks like in people's lives. And it's been really great at, at our life groups and stuff like that. So instead of move, just moving to the next part of Genesis, I've kind of felt the Lord just say, just sit in there for a minute and just have people share. Because at the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, there's this little verse. It just talks about this overcoming power and presence that, that God will do, but that also he is doing in us. And it says that we are overcomers by first the blood of the lamb, which we're singing, we're talking about Christmas, Emmanuel, and that is God's power and presence in victorious life, death, burial, and resurrection. And the second thing is, is the, the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. And just that there really is a living, breathing, transformative power when God is working in your life. Because he doesn't just work in your life. Believe it or not, he works through your life. And so what I want to do is invite up the four people that uh, I've been talking to this week. And we're just going to kind of do a little back and forth. And I'm going to ask them some questions. They're just going to do some responding on how God has been working in their lives. And that's what we're going to do for the teaching portion of our session today. Session? We can call it a session. Our church service. All right? So... Let's welcome up Caitlin, Damian, Melanie, and Matt. Will you guys give them a hand and welcome them up here? 
Notice they fill the far chairs first. Hey, dude. How's it going? Um, before we start, let's just do this. Because we have a certain amount of time, we'll move through the kind of the stuff we're going to talk about. But why don't you introduce yourself? Um, let's see if you have a family that's here with you, introduce them. And then um, let's say how, how old you were when you surrendered your life to, to Jesus. Sound good? Yeah. And we'll just, that'll be kind of our little intro. Hello. There, there we go. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm Damien uh, Gingrich. Um, my wife is Brianna Gingrich. She's actually not here today. She doesn't feel good. Um, so just got to keep her in your prayers. Um, uh, I would say that I was around 12 years old when I decided to that, you know, this whole Jesus thing, this was for me. And I want this. I want him. So, uh, did I miss anything? So, yeah. So that's that's me. I'm Melanie Parker, and I belong to David Parker in the very back, who sometimes is playing keyboards. And I would say that the time I really intentionally gave my life to Jesus was when I was in high school, 11th, 12th grade. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, and I never questioned God at all. I always knew there was God, but I didn't really make that faith my own until I was that age. So that's me. Hi again. I'm Caitlin Bruno. I belong to Rory Bruno. And um, my kids are Gianna and Dante. And I came to faith when I was about 25. Hey, everybody. My name is Matt. Um, this is my sister, Stephanie, and that makes JJ my brother-in-law. And then I have awesome nephews, Ollie and Jonah, so that's great. Um, you know, I felt like uh, <clears throat> I grew up in the church and felt like I always kind of had a relationship um, with God, but as far as accepting Jesus into my life um, and being born again, that happened about almost not quite four years ago. Awesome. Um, this is something that I felt like as a church is it should is it's important to me and should be important to us sharing our lives and stories and stuff with each, with each other. I know that it, that it um, lands on your guys' hearts because when I'm over here and I get the privilege of baptizing people, when we come up out of the water and I look out at everybody and every, there's not a dry eye in the house, I know that there's just this, this power uh, that the Holy Spirit is working through someone to another. So what I want this somehow to be part of our rhythms. Um, we do life groups and stuff because we believe that it's important to share lives, but it's also important for everyone in here to know one another. So we kind of took some people that have been around and sort of a sample size of experience and just different things to, to hopefully, um, as we go through these questions, to be able to kind of speak to you. Because a win for me for us is if you were to leave here today and, and, and in your heart be thinking, man, what God, is, what, I, what, what God did in them or is doing in them, maybe that puts new words around what you feel like is happening in your life. And you leave here going, oh, I think God is speaking to me. God is leading me. That's a win for us. So 
I'm just going to kind of run through these questions. We're not going to do Q&A. We'll do question. I'll pose a question. You guys can respond to the question. Just pass the mic back and forth. That way, we'll do one person at a time. And um, we'll just see how the Lord leads us. So as we've been talking about Babylon and Abram, um, these past weeks, what, has there been something in that story that has really stood out to you, maybe from Abraham's call or just his response, something that in these past few weeks that just for you personally has just really stood out in your life and why? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say for me, uh, what stood out is, is um, just the whole, I guess, attitude of, of uh, Babylon and the spirit of Babylon um, definitely, I feel, still lives today, and we can let it live in our, our own hearts. I've definitely seen that in my life. Um, but just like God called um, Abram t- from one place to something bigger than himself, um, we can step out of that place of Babylon, and um, that is something that I, I also, I can look back in my life, and, and I can see that, yeah, I God has definitely done that to me, for me too. Um, yeah. For me, I realized how quickly I can build my own Babylon and how quickly I can shut God out and try to take things into my own hands and do things my own way. I'm kind of a control freak. Someone in my family can tell you that. And I like, I'm also kind of a perfectionist. I call myself a recovering perfectionist. So it's easy for me sometimes to jump into things and think things should be a certain way instead of trusting God with them. And then regarding Abram, um, there's been a lot of times in the years I've lived at this point when God has given me a restlessness and knowing that something's going to change. And that's not a comfortable place to be usually, but... Given the test of time, I can tell you it's a great place to be as well because it means that he's changing and transforming and making me new. I don't think I realized before the first teaching on Abram that he was being called out of Babylon, and we kind of established that Babylon was a place that was very self-centered, and um, God called him out of that to just follow him into basically the unknown by faith into a new way. And I could really relate to that because um, when I was about in my mid-20s, I was in a place with a lot of security. I had a, um, a very secure job with a, even like a very prosperous job that gave me that security of the world. And I was in a relationship and it gave me this personal security that I wasn't alone. But um, when God started calling me, I was stepping out into the unknown, and I had to leave those two things behind, things that gave me a lot of security. And um, instead, I was being led um, in a lot of different ways to something that was new. And as I look back on that, it um, it was scary not knowing, but now that I can have the perspective you know, 15, 20 years later, I can see all of the blessings, um, you know, because I 
I wouldn't have Rory, I wouldn't have Gianna and Dante and all that if I hadn't stepped out and away from something like Abraham had to. Uh, something, <clears throat> excuse me, something that was encouraging for me is that uh, God called Abram when he was 75 years old, you know, and so that's, uh, it's just a reminder that God can do something in our lives, you know, at, at, at any age, you know, and it doesn't have to occur when we're young or anything like that. And then, you know, it's just, for me, it's just nice to have these examples in the Bible where, you know, there's not a lot of verbiage given to it in the Bible, but, um, you know, it's good to have these examples where God is calling people out of their, their situations. And it doesn't go into all the emotions that he was probably feeling, but you can imagine that there were a lot of emotions involved in it. So it's just nice to have those examples. And it gives, gives me comfort that, uh, you know, when something does change in your life, that it is likely for that plan. That's good. I got to have lunch with someone this past week and um, kind of to what all of you guys are saying. Um, he was talk just talking about his life and last week we had the analogy of driving where a life of faith is often just sort of feels like a windshield. It's like you're going this direction, you're, you're looking out for deers jumping on the road or whatever, but you're trying to go forward, but a lot of it's unknown. It's by faith, and you got to look in the rear view a lot of times to see what what God has done, and I know a lot of people can, um, can relate to that just as you look back, and you're like, wow, I may not know exactly where I'm going, but I know that God has faithfully led me this far. Um, Thinking about maybe just like the Tower of Babel and just kind of what it represents. So if, if you weren't here, real quick, we've been talking about um, Babylon was, was a place. It was a place that was built to, to go away from God's rule and authority. And it's where man said, let us do our own thing. And it was, it was the first city in the Bible, like Actually, it was the second city, but it was the first kingdom outside of the garden where, where there was a king set up and there was man's authority and rule. And at the center of this city was a tower. And the tower's name was where heaven and earth meet. The idea is that man could be sufficient, mankind's rule, uh, place of worship, everything we find sufficiency in ourselves, and it was at that place that God went down to it, because no matter how high we build the things up in our lives, God still has to come down to it, because he is above, and he is greater, and he, he tore, the, tore the tower down, or didn't tell, tear the tower down, he scattered the people, and, and, and scattered their languages to where now all of a sudden, the thing that made them uh, strong apart from God was that they were, there was this sense of unity apart from God, but he introduced um, a confusion apart from him. And, uh, and so then people scattered. But the reality is, is this scattering brought the people back to a God's original intention, that they would cover the earth, that they would, that they would move throughout and be culturally diverse and, and all of these different things. But it took this great confusion and kind of tearing down of the past. So what I'm thinking is, is there something in your life uh, Caitlin kind of alluded to it, but maybe, you know, if, if anyone else wants to share something in your life that you had had really built up 
that was like, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. And that uh, God sort of tore, felt like it was torn down or there was a lot of confusion and brought you to this wilderness place like we read about Abram experiencing, but then looking back, realizing that that wilderness place, maybe explain that, what that felt like, and, um, and how looking back, it, it, it's a good thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can start with that. Um, I can definitely relate to that. It's been uh, quite an eventful year for me. And, uh, you know, it started in, uh, in December, or sorry, in uh, February. Uh, I taught community college uh, for about eight years, taught biology, you know, and I loved it. It was, uh, I was able to be creative. I enjoyed the students. Um, I had collaborations going, a lot, lot of good stuff going with it. And that's kind of where I, where I saw my, my future going. Um, I was considered a, a part-time employee, and so a full-time position opened up, and I ended up getting passed over for the job, which was pretty hurtful, pretty hurtful. Um, and so that kind of, you know, that kind of rocked my world pretty good, uh, a lot of emotions with that. And then uh, as that season, as that continued, you know, I was kind of like, well, screw you guys. <laughs> I was like, gonna, I was like I'm going to go, um, I shouldn't have said that, but anyways, <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> It's the bridge. Um, I was like, well, I'm going to go, you know, I need, uh, I can make some money. I can do all that kind of stuff, something to bide me over till I figure out what to do next. And um, so I was going to, my cousin has fished up in Alaska for, you know, 20 years now. So I was like, this is a great time to go, to go do that. That'll be an opportunity to get some money and go up there and kind of figure out what to do next, you know. And right after I had talked to the dean about, you know, because basically there were, there weren't any classes for me anymore. And right after I had talked to the dean, about there not being classes, I walked into my office and my uncle called me like right when I walked in, the phone rang. And, um, you know, he was like, well, you know, Joe needs somebody on the boat. Do you wanna, do you wanna go on the boat? So I was like, in, a, in an odd way, I was like, looking back on it, it's kinda odd, but I was like, yeah, that's kinda calling me towards that, you know? And then, uh, so shoot, then I went up there and as many of you guys know, um, this is up in Bristol Bay and, um, you know, I, being on the water just after four days, I got, got really sick. And um, the timing of it is just crazy. I don't, I don't think I'll go into all of it, but you know, we just happened to be by a port city. Not a lot of port towns up there, but we just happened to move when we were up in that area. Um, so my cousin took us into port. Uh, we stayed the night, got up the next morning, went into the hospital, and you know, the next, the next when I walked into the hospital, I basically went into uh, septic shock which was uh, pretty serious. So it was pretty crazy, you know, I was just, my heart was beating fast and there was doctors all around me and one of the doctors asked if I knew what was going on and she told me I was in shock and um, I was like, that's not good, is it? And she's like, no, it's not good. So I was like, I just remember being like, okay, dear God, please be with me. And that's the last thing, you know, I remember. Then uh, they flew me down to Anchorage and I was, in a medical coma for a few weeks, and a lot of you guys know that story. Um, but you know, eventually I came out of it, and three months later, doing doing pretty good. So, um, and you know, this is just a great opportunity to. I don't think I'll fully ever know the extent of all the prayers that went out, you know, and stuff. But um, that was definitely felt, and it worked, you know. So. <laughs> 
But uh, anyways, the point being is that uh, there's been quite a lot of uh, turmoil and confusion <clears throat> uh, in my life recently. And so um, I'm in a phase now where I'm just, I, I feel like God really, really wanted me to take these, these past three months and just recover, uh, take some rest. And uh, that's what I've been doing. And um, I have a new job starting in January that I'm excited for. And so a lot of that tearing down and confusion is happening right now. So it's kind of, a, I can't look back on it yet, but I'm just trying to, to be in faith with it right now and just, just look forward with it. Thanks for sharing that, bro. Totally. Um, so like I mentioned, I was in my 20s when I was coming to faith, so it's a little bit more in the rear view. But I do, looking back and relating it to the story. Wait, how old are you now? <laughs> Just kidding. Continue. I'm 42. How about you? Well, I'm old. <laughs> 45. Okay, keep going. Winner. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so I was going to say that I... Um, I realize how much of my early life I was building towers to myself. I was building my own towers of Babel. I had a lot of success in sports, academics, in my career, in relationships, and then um, God tore them down. I mean, I, um, I qualified for nationals and diving as a freshman in college, and then that summer I blew out my shoulder and it was done. And so that was a big part of my identity that was just gone. And then um, I was married very young, and I got divorced when I was 23. So again, another big part of my identity has torn down. And when the source of this, the value of who I was from people, from other people, was taken away, that's when I could respond to God's value and God's love for me because I wasn't so focused on building myself up to receive it from others. So as I said, I'm a perfectionist and a control freak, so I had ideas about how my life was supposed to be, and I really wanted to stay home and raise my kids. That's what I was going to do. And early in our marriage, I was pregnant with our first child. My husband was in his first job that was a real job, quote unquote, and that job went away. And I was really angry at God because my plan wasn't going to happen. It didn't look like, you know, what's going to happen to us? We had our first house. Um, are we going to have to move? What's going to happen here? Um, you know, doesn't my husband know that I'm having a baby? And all the models of men in my life up to that point had been men who were secure in a job and a career and didn't make changes. And you stayed home and took care of your kids and all that. That was all. Those were the only models I really had at that point. And I remember very um, clearly saying I was leaving. I ha we had an orange Volkswagen bug, and I remember putting my dog in the car, putting the dog food in that front, you know, com trunk compartment of the VW bug, and getting in the car and getting ready to go. And I'm going to get emotional. Um, I was going to go home to my family because my family knew how things were supposed to be, but my husband didn't. Well, thankfully, God stopped me. And um, thankfully, we were in a church with a lot of people who loved us and believed in us. And we sat down with our pastor, and he said, Melanie, what's happening 
is God showing you you are much stronger than what you think you are, that with him, he makes you strong, and you're much stronger than what you think you are. And that was right. Those were really wonderful words of faith that were spoken to me. And our troubles weren't all over. We had a lot of years, those of us who, who know us, those of you who know us, where we went back and forth, job, job issues were very unsettled at various points in time. And I didn't always respond to those things well, even though I learned that lesson the first time around. And I still don't respond to change very well sometimes because it's not my plan. But I can tell you that all the things I learned going through those challenging times were the things that made me who I am today and were things that God used to transform me. So my plea to you is don't be afraid of the challenges. It's okay if you fall down and get back up again. God's there, and he means the challenges for your good. Let's, let's go. Um, I, would, I would say for me, uh, uh, back in my uh, later teen years, I, um, I, I, I really did not like who I was at that time. I, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. Um, super addicted to video games. I mean, I, just, I played them all day. Like, it would be go to work, come home, play video games. That's all I enjoyed doing, and, and uh, I just, you know, was kind of a clueless kid, didn't know what I wanted to do, and that's when I felt a call, I guess you could say in a sense. Like, I didn't like who I was, and I think that's maybe what made me um, recognize that I needed to, to leave home. Um, there's this uh, short-term mission program for young adults. It's like a missionary school, I guess you could say, in a way. And uh, that's something that had kind of been on my heart. And um, I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do that uh, because I don't like who I am here. Um, so I had to leave kind of my Babylon, my place of comfort, um, home, in a sense, and go and step into something I didn't know a lot about in a place I... Never been, meet people I've never met, and uh, just kind of go out of my comfort zone and do something different with my life because I knew that's that that's what it would take. And uh, it was through that that um, I feel like God started tearing down a lot of things in my my belief in my life about you know my perspective on who He was and who I was and and just like the world, I guess, and um, it was during my time there, during my, uh, we had an outreach, um, we were living on the reservation in Montana, uh, Flathead Reservation, and we were there doing a lot of service projects and, and serving the community and stuff, and um, I ended up uh, getting in an accident and fracturing my neck uh, while I was there, and I think that that's what really broke me um all my life i had you know kind of told myself like i'm not good enough i'm not going to amount to anything um i really wanted to um and so i tried my best in everything i did um it's kind of like a perfectionist but um you know in the back of my mind that was always something that i felt about myself like you know i'm not good enough or worthy and so that really kind of broke me and and 
kind of went in a really dark place. Um, just I couldn't do anything. I wasn't allowed to lift much um, because of my injuries. Uh, the uh, organization that sent us told me that I'm, I may be sent home because I can't really help with anything. Um, some of the stuff we were doing there. And and uh, I just remember like laying in bed and like, it's like, man, this, this sucks. Like I suck, like why did this have to happen to me? And um, I was in a very like vulnerable spot and I just, I don't know, I, there was this friend there on the base who I'll never forget what he did, um, but he um, he came and uh, he prayed for me and had said like, you know, I, I really feel God put on my heart to like come in here and pray for you. And um, he, he just took an interest in me that like I never felt from anyone else or I never felt about myself even and, and uh, I, I, he believed in me, you know, when I didn't believe in myself, and, and I look back and I see him as, you know, God really used him to show me just how much he loves me and cares about me. And so through him and, and through what God was doing during that time, he broke down a lot of, a lot of walls um, about just like who who I thought I was and, and who I thought God was. But one of the interesting things looking back is, is uh, how I viewed myself really depended on how, who I thought God was. And, and I didn't realize that until God really showed me who he was. And, and then I realized who I was in light of who he is. So That's good. <clears throat> Okay, curveball. You guys ready? Curveball. This one's for Melanie. Just kidding. <laughs> hey, could you could you explain that a little bit more? You touched on something that is key, where you said, "I because of how you thought about yourself, made you think about God a certain way." But then, once you saw God for who He is, then you were able to see yourself in a correct light. I think there you hit something there that a lot of people with a past walkthrough, could you just maybe explain how, how yeah. you, or, or what, maybe what you saw, thought about God and then what you came to, to know that kind of helped shift? I, I, I guess um, there was this expectation I, I had on myself to, you know, be the best that I can and do all the right things and, uh, you know, have a, successful life and and I clearly did not meet those in my own head and I think that really affected the way I thought about God um because you know you know God wants the best from us right like he expects that he deserves that and he does but you know we're human and like we can't do that um certainly not on our on our own and I think I lost a lot of like God's love and mercy and grace in just trying to perform and and like 
give what is due to God in my life, and I and I I just never really fully realized just how much God loves me, mm-hmm. and and uh, that we were never meant to do it on our own, but um, because of you know Jesus that that um, we don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So totally, that's good. Um, okay, so. Gave his life to the Lord when he was 12, 12, right, ish. So wholehearted, a kid, God hears me, here's who I am in, in a place in life. And then this is in later in life when this sort of stuff, it, what he's talking about, some of these transformative understandings and thoughts. So that tells us that we don't give our lives to Jesus and then we're just, you can be I'm going to say a churchy thing that some of you will get and some of you won't. But at the point of when you give your life to God, there's this saying, you're 100% reconciled, justified, 100% justified, 1% sanctified. It's like you, you're... Your, your status has changed. There's a born-againness. You're this new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are new. But there's this sense you're like a baby, born again. This, journey, this new journey has just begun. So from 12 to whenever you want this season we're talking 18. about now, 18, maybe we could talk about something. This is a big part of my story I think a lot of us can share. There's, there's an aspect that we come to faith. Uh, even start following God, start this journey to this new land, this new destination. We're going to get some hiccups and different things along the way. One of the things is some of the lies that we believe about ourselves or others along the way. These things don't just go away. They're, they're processes. So could maybe, I have a question in here about hiccups along the way, but maybe could you just, if it comes to you, share something that that you learned later even in the the company of Christians or church that actually looking back was an unhelpful thing um, in your process or your journey it is a curveball question does it make sense yeah so I'll go first so I know for me, um, identi- identity was a really big, we're, we're sort of all asking these questions, who am I? That's why we can relate to Abram's story. We're sort of all asking these questions, what's the purpose of my life? And then we sort of all have like this, especially if you're walking with God, you sort of have this built in, you want, you want to honor God, you want to make him happy because you're realizing how much he loves you and what Jesus has given to purchase your freedom and all of these things. And so there is this sense you want to make them proud and it can become this performative thing. Some of the stuff that was unhelpful for me is the things that I was running from into Jesus's arms became the new Babel, the new towers that I was building that my identity was in how much I could be Christian, was in like how good I could be, how much Bible verses I could know. How, um, how many Bible verses I could know, how good my grammar could be, uh, 
how set apart from the world kind of, but it ends up building this tower of us and them in my heart. Like those people out there. If they could just be like us. It started building, their different towers started getting built up. They just had like a C for Christian on them. And looking back, it was, there were some really unhelpful um, things. So for me, so sometimes some of the same struggles we struggle with before can still be struggles walking with God. I was just wondering if, if anything came to mind for y'all. Um, so probably my, during my 20s, I guess you could say I kind of stepped away from church, stepped away from God. And uh, a lot of the, the reason for that was um, I was kind of put off by some of the things that um, if you were in church, you had to kind of, you couldn't believe this or you couldn't believe that uh, type of thing. And uh, my background is in the sciences and stuff. And so uh, talking about creation is, is really interesting. It's really cool for me. But there was a lot of, lot of stuff that felt exclusionary uh, type of thing. And that, that just wasn't helpful at all. Um, one thing I appreciate going back and talking about Genesis and going through creation, one, it's just such a, you know, it's such beautiful verses and beautiful imagery and stuff like that. But um, something I've appreciated here and that it's been spoken to me by people in the church, you know, is that, um, you know, it, I think when it, it doesn't, I don't think God really cares the specifics of how we believe, you know, he created it and all this kind of creation and stuff. I think he just wants us to know that he created it and that there's, uh, you know, that's kind of the important part. So I think there are a lot of, uh, I think we get caught up on a lot of the, the nuances about maybe how stuff happened. Um, and in truth is we, we really don't know and we, we probably won't know um, until we get to heaven. But um, that's something that I appreciate here, I guess, is that it's, uh, you know, people's people, we believe in the fundamental, same fundamental things, but other than that, you know, we can, we can uh, differ on some stuff, and it's all good. So I think for me, something that was unhelpful was that idea that I have to fit into the Christian box, and that there's a particular way I'm supposed to respond to people and look and act and dress, and a way I'm supposed to talk, um, that kind of boxed me in and didn't let me really walk freely with the Lord the way I was meant to. And after a long period of years spent in church, um, I had an experience in uh, another church that we had moved to that God took, well, for about the first two or three months there, I cried all during worship. Every single week I cried. It was like, Nowhere in mascara anymore because it's all going to come off anyway. And I, I just cried and cried, and I had no idea what it meant. And it was one of those rear-view mirror things that later down the road, months after that, I realized what had happened is that God had supernaturally, by the Holy Spirit, rolled away from me all those expectations I had put on myself. It wasn't as much church putting it on me. It was my perception and me putting it on myself. God rolled them away, and at that was the moment when I knew I was truly free to be the person that God created me to be. So, so 
while you say that, speak to the person whose their innards are in turmoil right now at church. They're in a, they they're just in it, so they don't have time to to look back on that yet. So maybe just speak to 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 that person. So I want to tell you that it's okay to be where you are right now. And you're in the best place you could be sitting in church, even though your insides are in turmoil, even though you don't know who you are, even though you're angry with God about things. You're in the very best place you could be is sitting right here among people who love Jesus and who are here waiting to extend his love to you. And I think one of the things I love about the journey God's taken me on is that he's put me in places with people who are really different than me. And that's been a really exciting thing for me. Um, I went to church as a child with people who looked just like me, Germans and Scandinavians. That was it, you know? Um, that was the only background people had. Um, hard workers, you know? It was, that's just the way it was. And God continued to take me to different places at different times in my life where he said, don't be afraid of people different than you. It's okay because my plan is that every tribe, kindred, nation is going to be worshiping before my throne. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really cool. And that's one of the things I love about this church is you get to be you. We're all different. We're not the same. And that's God's plan. Thanks for saying that. All right, we'll go a few more minutes. I have a bunch of more questions. They kind of start to morph into, into one another. Um, maybe on the, the theme of process, I was thinking about hiccups along the way, things we've learned along the way. Haran was, was halfway, and it was at the halfway point of a journey that God called Abram and he was and basically it was like um, halfway is like this new Babel in our, our lives it's sort of this I'm good enough that's good enough I'm sort of there but God is always calling us I remember sharing this week at Life Group the one thing I'm seeing more is you never graduate to the place where God is continu continually asking you to walk away from some things maybe it looks different than when we first started our journey, but there's like we're continually, so in this process of continuing hiccups, maybe share something that, that in the season, if you want to, you don't have to, but something that, because that, it, it shows that you haven't arrived, which is hard for us, but it's actually great for other people. Um, so something that God is asking you to trust him by faith in or walk away from or something? Um, I would say for me, um, one thing that, uh, just looking back um, in my life, you know, Babylon, I think, looks different for everyone. It comes kind of from the same place, but I think it materializes in people's lives differently, and you just have to kind of recognize that for yourself, what that looks like and what God is asking you to step out of. Um, for me, um, I would say uh, comfort is is a big one, and just, like, I know how I get when I get comfortable and lazy, and just I don't want to, you know, 
step out of my comfort zone. And, and I find a lot of times with me, um, a lot of things God is asking me to do are the things that don't make me feel comfortable, um, but uh, actually really challenge me and rub me the wrong way. And so, and that's something I'm not always obedient in, um, unfortunately, but um, it's, it's, it's much less of a place now of serving and trying to do the best I can, but much more of a place of like, I'm gonna do this for my king, you know, who loves me and sees me. Um, so yeah, that's, I'd say that's fun. Awesome. So for me, the big um, challenge right now is letting go. Part of that, I think, is because I'm old. I'm having to figure out how to let go of things about myself that um, I don't like so much. I heard in the morning when I get up. I don't like that. Um, I don't like that I don't hear as well as I used to. It's okay, God says. It's okay. I still love you, and I'm still here with you. And so I think letting go is is one of the things, and um, not making life so complicated. I mm. tend to complicate life because I take on too much, and I try to do too much, and it has to be done in a certain way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> those of you who know me are laughing at me. It's true. Um, and so those kinds of things are things that God has been dealing with me and is continuing to deal with me. But one of the real positives that's come in the last couple years is me really learning to hear God and listen to God in new ways. And I'm going to give a shout out to Pastor Ted because the long obedience has been a cool thing ever since you used that term. For me, I go back to that. It, this, we, we win because of long obedience. We don't win by giving up. We win by one foot in front of the other, step by step, slowly sometimes, falling back sometimes, but getting back on the road. And it's long obedience. That's how this Christian life is played. So, mm. I think um, coming from living in my own strength and being completely self-centered and prideful, um, that's where I look back and those moments are not as far back in the rear view as I wish they were. Um, so the new land that I, I strive for still on the daily is um, the land of humility and focusing on others. Um, I changed jobs after COVID where I'd gone from being a manager um, for quite a long time to an assistant. And um, that was a big adjustment <laughs> to, <laughs> to not be the one making all the decisions and to, um, and it's been humbling and um, good for me to be focused on others. I've learned so much. Also just being a wife and a mom and focusing on others' needs and um, learning and asking the Lord, the you know, every day how I can love and care like he does instead of just one operating out of my own strength, which is totally imperfect and messes things up all the time. But two, just um, just knowing that, yeah, I don't have the answers, basically, and his way is, is much better. This morning I was reading in um, Galatians that he called us to freedom and it's not so we could do whatever we want, but it's so that we can love and serve others. And that just was what like, okay, that's definitely where I'm still trying to get, you know, it's going to be the rest of my life. I'm trying to go there. Mm 
Um, I was relating to what Melanie was saying, um, just letting go of expectations that you have for yourself and just kind of uh, just letting God kind of take, take the rein uh, type of thing. But uh, one thing that I would just, just say, um, kind of parting words for myself, is that uh, you don't have to do it alone. You know, God is there. Um, I check in with God about everything now, you know, just small things, big things or whatever. And um, it's, it's when you talk to him, he talks back, you know, and sometimes in ways that you don't think. And I'm learning to recognize, I think, some of those more subtle ways that he's talking. But, um, but that's just a, a huge difference in my life, um, trying to do everything on my own and then um, as opposed to just, just doing it with God. Any parting final thoughts? One of your questions that we got in advance was what you would tell your younger self. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I love that question because it helped me actually to think about everything um, because it was a quick answer for me. I would tell myself, you are fully loved. You don't need, you know, the point of life is not to make other people like you. You are fully loved by God, mm -hmm. and he likes you too. Mm -hmm. And when you live knowing that, you have peace. Mm -hmm. And that um, the younger, if it was the younger me talking to myself now, I would say um, remember what it feels like to not have that peace and go for living with me every day. Love it. And I would say, um, take courage, be of good cheer, because Jesus has overcome the world. And I spent a lot of years being afraid of things and not doing things that I would have liked to have done because I was fearful. And the message God has for me right now is you just go for it. So you guys go for it with That's the Lord. That's right. That's good. Um, God made you special, and he loves you very much what I'd say. Yeah, nice. Hey, can we give these, uh, these guys a round of applause? You guys can... Uh, yeah. I got yours, Melanie. You got it? Yeah, I got it. Thank you. That was so awesome. Here, Mike, will you take this? Thank you. Uh, I hope you heard a little bit of your story, your journey in there. I love that last question, what would you tell a younger, younger you? It's something that I, was, I started asking mentors of mine a few years ago because th typically they're, they're farther along than me in certain areas, and I would say, what would you tell? Um, and sometimes when you say the younger you, it implies that they're old. So I would tell, I would say, what would you tell the least, a, a less experienced you? And a lot, and and the the stuff I've gotten has always been gold. But then this week at Life Group, as he does, he sits there all quiet, and then he'll drop this little wisdom bomb. Elliot said, I, he he said, um, actually he wasn't talking about what he would tell a younger you, but he was talking about how he sort of thought like the, the younger him, um, I don't know if, if it was implied that would be a little disappointed in the older him, but I was like, whoa, what would the younger you tell the older you? 
Because sometimes we, we're always so worried about growing up and getting smart and getting a job and making some money and doing all this stuff. And we forget, like, there's a reason why we love Peter Pan and, and like, the, the young. The, like, the, Jesus said to, to have a childlike spirit, to learn from children. So sometimes it's like, hey, don't forget what the younger you would say. And uh, I'm just going to throw it out there for Elliot. He loved that he, there was a whimsicalness to his faith, he said, that God would kind of be like, hey, let's go here and uh, let's do this. And it was just like, yeah, let's go, as opposed to I can't because, and then we put in all the adult stuff, which part of it is responsibility. As you grow, you have to grow up too. Um, so just like this, this place that God has each of us. So, I'm going to close this morning by praying for everybody in here, and then also just letting you know that this is what the Christian life is. It's you're trying to follow God in your own place, whether you're a mom of kids, whether you're stepping into a new season, um, just wherever it is you're, wherever it is you're in life, God is He does love you. God does like you. You need, to, you need to know. God likes you. God's not disappointed in who you are. You may be disappointed in yourself, and part of that might be needing to make some decisions, walk away from some things, walk towards God in a new way, but God's not like, oh, you're, so, you're such a waste of my time. He's like, I'm still calling you. You may, you're halfway there. Let's walk again. Let's go another day. Let's go another round. This is what it is to be a Christian, and you're not supposed to do it alone. And so we have what we call, they're called life groups, but the idea is that when God is speaking to us on Sundays, I believe that, clearly he's speaking to multiple people. And then we come together, it's a, it's a committed, low-key time of hanging out, engaging and just kind of being open to share what God is doing in our lives and hear from other people. And it's a great way to kind of confirm some stuff that you're hearing. You may not hear it from me and my words here, but sometimes a seed will, or like a coin will be dropped in and then you'll hear something at life group and you're like, dang, I think the Lord is speaking to me. It's part of learning to discern God and all of those things. So um, there's room for you in those. And um, yeah, that's it. Were you guys blessed by this morning? All right. It was sort of like a let's throw it out there and see what happens. And if you didn't like it, then uh, too bad. Other people did. <laughs> so let's pray. And then uh, worship team, will you guys come up and lead us in this final song? And uh, then we'll get on with the rest of our Sundays. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for Matt. Pray your blessing on him and uh, over him. Um, I believe the verse is, uh, you would want him to know that you are the author and perfecter of his faith, and you who began a good work are faithful to complete it. Um, I thank you for Caitlin and just thinking about what a gift she is to the church and all of her managerial, is that a word, skills, and um, just that she is able to to uh, bring order, and, and it's such a blessing to so many people.
uh, lift her up and her family. Thank you for Melanie. Um, one thing I can say uh, from my experience with her is, um, man, she, when she said she can't hear that good, I was like, yeah, but she can hear you good. And our church needs that. There are many people that need that. She obviously needs that. What a blessing that is. May we be a people who grow to hear you well. And I thank you for Damien and, and just the transformation that has come in his, from his life. When I look at him, you would never know some of the stuff you brought him through if you met him now. But it's so good to know that you brought him through a season where he just walked with the limp and he was, he was looking to you and you were calling him to yourself and now he could just be a blessing to others and tell them that they are so loved just the way they are. So Lord, we thank you for these people um, and for the people in this room. Would you continue to add to this group people who need to know that you are God and that you are good, Lord. We sing this last song to you for the, to finish up our, our Sunday morning and uh, we ask that you would go with us and empower us to bring your kingdom to this world. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with us?